Hello, and welcome to Who's in the Pew? I'm Melissa PC, editor of La Fe Magazine. This show is an extension of La Fe and a production of We Hope, which is run by the Diocese of Laredo's Communication Department. Each week, we will get to know someone new and learn a little bit about his or her unique involvement in our diocese. Join us right here to meet your neighbor, the young adult seeking God's guidance in his life, the woman who spends much of her free time volunteering to serve at her parish, the man who returned to his faith after years of rejecting God, the young woman who teaches teens about the merciful love of Christ, the widow who was carried by God when waking up to face another day seemed too difficult, and some of our clergy who have answered a special call to follow and serve our Lord. We hope you will enjoy meeting others who sit in the pews of parishes right here in the Diocese of Laredo. Hi, and welcome to Who's in the Pew? I'm Melissa Pesey, editor of Lefebvre Magazine, and this show is an extension of what we bring you in Lefebvre. In our current issue, we featured um, Deacon Jerry Gutierrez, who is our very special guest, our first guest of this show, um, and who sits right across from me. Um, Deacon Gutierrez is a transitional deacon and Nuestra Señora del Rosario. Welcome, Deacon. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for joining us. So we would like to share, uh, to start off, can you just tell our audience what's the difference between a transitional deacon and a permanent deacon? Uh, a permanent deacon is someone who comes into the call uh, after marriage. And if there has to be some parts of his life kind of already set. So he has to have be married. He has to be have kids. And all, there is an age limit, you know, that way his ministry doesn't disrupt his family life. So that's what uh, the permanent deacon is focused on family life, on the sacraments, on the parish community. And for a transitional deacon, because we are on the road or on the journey to to become priest, to be ordained priest, um, we are basically in the parish as uh, a little bit like a, a little priest, <laughs> a mini priest, just in training and kind of being the shadow of, of the pastor. And the pastor is really much uh, there to guide us and to be a mentor for us and how to be a, a good faith leader in, in the church, and especially in a community where there might be many difficulties, whether it be uh, financial, whether it be young families or older families, uh, depending on the demographics of the parish. And so those are some of the things that we as transitional deacons kind of learn, and which is very interesting because uh, depending on who's your mentor, you get a lot <laughs> or you get a, what is necessary for you. For you. Uh, you never get the minimum. <laughs> you always get basically a, a handful. So it, it's ministry um, you know, 110%. And so that's what transitional and uh, permanent deacon is. That's great. So this is a one step closer to becoming a priest, God willing, Correct. being yes. ordained as a priest. That's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, Deacon Jerry, I'd like to, to share with our audience just a little bit about 
your background, where you grew up. Um, and I'd actually like to start with, with what's in front of us. So, <laughs> so when we were studying up this show, you shared with me that you are not a fan of Fandulce. <laughs> okay, is that going a bit too far? Maybe well, you I, prefer. I prefer. Yeah. You prefer old-fashioned donuts. Right. And an old-fashioned donut is basically just a donut with no glaze, no toppings, no nothing. Just kind of the dough. And that's one of my favorites to, to just munch on half with a coffee or tea or whatever. Um, the pandulce is great, but I, I didn't grow up with it. Um, for me, it was just more about um, having it during the, the during the holiday season and a cold day. And that was the extent of it. Uh, here is like a year round thing, an everyday <laughs> thing. And it, it's like you can have it for breakfast. You can have it for a merienda. And right. I, I honestly didn't grow up with that. I mean, it was donuts, yeah, some pan dulce, sometimes my grandfather, but like I said, it, it's only in the winter that we really would go downtown, and it's mostly conchas um, that we, we would have. What I really discovered my, my liking was the little cuernitos, and here in South Laredo was the empanadas, uh, pumpkin, calabaza, calabaza, yeah. And so I really enjoyed those. So when the, you know, the ladies at the parish, they have different socials and different things, or the, or the men, and you know they have those. I'll go and pick up those. <laughs> but today, I, I'm I'm happy that you brought like something that is just plain and boring. <laughs> I'm not plain. I'm boring. But you know. But <laughs> yes, and it's so. This I, the old fashioned donut was something new to me when you mentioned it. I never heard of it. Um, so I went and attempted to order you an old fashioned. This was the closest I could get. So it's, it's a shell is what I was told. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then the inside of it, it's plain. So hopefully, hopefully it's to your liking. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will. It will. Yeah. Usually Dunkin' Donuts carries them. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Next time I will be sure to stop by Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but you mentioned you like, uh, old fashioned because the old fashioned donut, because that's what you grew up around because you grew up up north so can you tell us you know where where exactly you grew up and just a little bit about your family sure definitely um well i was born in cuernavaca mexico and then at the age of four my family moved to new jersey um and so i haven't been able to go back to, to mexico and so i've just the only thing i've known is like just the north and you know basically the, the, what 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 we call the tri-state area right um, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. And so that, those are basically home for me. And growing up over there, it was, it, it was first, it was the culture of the Italians who used to be in that neighborhood, especially the Sicilian community, but then trying to see how the neighborhood also changed with the migration of, of Latinos, especially the Puerto Ricans, the Dominicans, and now even the Colombians, uh, the, the Salvadorians, the Peruvians, and all this massive influx of, of Latino culture that really makes uh, the city of Patterson a, a really melting pot of, of South American culture. Um, so basically, that's that's how I grew up. Uh, for me, it was it was very much a, a melting pot of different cultures, and of course, um, not to count the the fact that there are uh, a lot of Middle Eastern communities there as well in the city of Patterson. Okay. We have the whole South Side dedicated, or at least that's what they have dedicated as as a Middle Eastern section. So, 
my parents live actually in, in, a, in a section that is predominantly Colombian. So if you if you turn the street and there's a Colombian restaurant, panaderia, and everything else in there, and so it's pretty pretty interesting. And then if you travel a little bit further down, there's the Peruvian um, sector. And it's all kind of delicious food and everything I can think of. So growing up, uh, yeah, it's a palette of different cultures, different foods. And so when I come here and it's like just tacos. <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I, I found that food here has different flavors too. Because you have the ones from Monterrey and you have the ones from Navalaredo and you have the ones from Tex-Mex. Uh, and so you get all those different kind of flavors, and and, and I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. I hope I don't gain more weight. <laughs> hard, hard not to. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, I was just telling somebody, if, if well, for every hundred calories is twenty minutes on the treadmill, and I, I think for me it's just I'm just gonna live my life. <laughs> A friend not of mine, worry about yeah no a friend of mine uh, I actually said it, it it's in Spanish yo prefiero ser un gordito feliz que un flaco amarillo which is uh, fairly translated I'd rather be a happy chubby person than an unhappy uh, skinny skinny person yeah and so so basically yeah a little bit of my background that's basically where I grew up. Um, I was raised by, uh, well, I wasn't raised, but I was educated by the Salesians. So grammar school was the Salesian sisters, and my parish was the Salesian uh, brothers and fathers, and then high school was the Salesian fathers and, um, and brothers. And then um, at post-college, I still maintain a very good relationship with them. So... Um, yeah, that was weird that I ended up on the diocese side. <laughs> Everybody was expecting either for me to join a religious community or, or the or the Salesians, but you know, education was was a foundational aspect of my faith and then my family as well. So everything growing up, coming from New Jersey, being here, and you know, the different experiences mm-hmm. have made me you know like this kind of cookie person because <laughs> I like a lot and, and so in liking a lot sometimes it, it, you can come off as as like I guess you know a little bit uh, spoiled <laughs> I'm not spoiled I, I honestly to clarify yeah 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 no 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 definitely not spoiled but it, it is an aspect of I like different things and I and what the things that I do like I, I kind of uh, have my preferences for <laughs> Well, and and so you touched on the Salesians and your family um, really helped to shape, and I know that's that's something that uh, that we've discussed previous previously is, is they helped to kind of uh, helped you in the discernment process for um, choosing a vocation to the priesthood. Right. Um, so, can you? Tell us a little bit about that. I know you come from a large family, right? I do, yes. <laughs> my, my, my dad comes from like 15 brothers and sisters, one mother from 12 brothers and sisters, and each one has like uh, three plus kids. And so it, it is a very extended, very large family. Um, and then my, my dad, of course, his uh, lineage, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins, is, is fairly large and my mother is as well. Unfortunately, because of the moving were, were disconnected from the from that type of families. 
but at least his brothers and sisters and my cousins, we really did grow up um, very much uh, together. And so in growing up together, being at a Salesian school was always, uh, or parish, it was always part of the, the growing up that, you know, they always saw different family dynamics. And so uh, the priest kind of went by and, uh, you'll be good, you'll be good. It's like, you might have a vocation. And that's the way that I think they saw me. And um, so one, one, uh, one priest, one young priest who was in the parish, um, after mass, or no, it was before mass. Yeah, before mass, he was, he was vesting, all the altar servants were waiting. And then for some reason, he turned around to us and said, hey, one of, the, one of these days, maybe you guys can do what I do. And that, everything trickled from there. And it wasn't until high school that, you know, they really spoke about vocation and they really spoke about discernment, discernment and what it meant for a young man to give up his life for the for Jesus, right? For God. And so that sparked something in me. And you planted that seed. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember from back in the day, I, maybe one day. And so that kind of just stuck. Well, what does that mean? And so high school was the kind of the spark that, you know, ignited that little uh, flame that was left there. And then one day you can do this. And so well, what does that mean? And so that's when they spoke about discernment. And, you know, the Salesians are very good about it. <laughs> 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 putting the seed and letting it water and, uh, and then... That's uh, great. Yeah, no. <laughs> so. And um, along those lines, you had mentioned, oh, you, uh, you had told me. So when you first went to your parents, you told them that you were mm -hmm. discerning becoming a priest. Um, they asked you to, to wait mm -hmm. for a while. And, and you were obedient to that. So what did that look like? And what was their their reasoning? Uh, mom and dad just wanted me to have a little bit more of a life experience. Uh, I've always been a, I was, <laughs> I've always been a, a house, you know, a stay-at-home kid, you know, always with the mom and dad. So they wanted me to have a little bit more of a life experience, college, dating, work. And they said, because that's going to help you be either be a great person or be a great priest and so having those experiences and so I did after high school I went got a job I took part-time uh, schooling in the community college um, and where I I did well in my classes <laughs> I'm not the smart I always said I'm not the smartest kid in the room I know that but I do uh, I do take the time to be a productive uh, student and so at, at least in that you know I, I always gave a hundred percent I always felt that my, my grades maybe didn't didn't show that but at, but at least I knew in, in my whole being that I was doing 100% of what I needed to do in order for me to get at least the B that I was getting right and I, I'm not saying that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a C or D but no but at least you know C's get degrees but not really <laughs> <laughs> not for me, not for me. But but no, education is very important to my family. It's it has always been, and I think that's one of the reasons that they wanted to educate us in, in a Catholic school because they knew that education in a public school, especially during those times, was going to be something that will will hold us back. And so, uh, education in those times in, a, in in the Catholic school was something that was able to give us an edge on on, on education, on 
and, and life. I mean, up to this day, my, my mom and dad sometimes ask me, asks my younger brother and, and I, you know, how come you guys are into this? Or why do you? And I was like, because you paid good money for us to be exposed to all of this uh, culture, life, uh, you know, uh, theater, art. I mean, if it wasn't for my Catholic background um, and, 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 the, and my education in it, um, I don't think I would know a lot of what I what I do. Um, seeing some of my 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 friends, you know, within the neighborhood, and so for me, you know, Catholic education was kind of the spring. Wow, that's great! And that was that was a sacrifice for your parents, wasn't it? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dad at that time worked uh, nights. He worked for a company making shower curtains, and mm. so um, Mom was a. Um, she actually worked for Fud Rutgers. She was a, a, a bus girl or you know waitress. Uh, oh, wow. um, so yeah, back in those days, that's what she did. Uh, and then. What she did after that, she wanted to get educated, and so she took some uh, night classes, and she got her GD, and she went and got her license in cosmetology back in the early 90s. So now, um, you know, she was doing nails back then, she was doing... um, Hair, hair, everything, and now I heard that everything is like barber. You have it's one license, oh. cosmetology is one license, nails is another license, and oh. she she's able to do everything with that. So education, like I said, it's very important for for my family, and I think that's one of the reasons that they encouraged me to um, be well rounded, and and not uh, and not just go directly. They, they wanted a little bit more exposure of life. And I think that's the mentality that they paid all the money during uh, during school that we, you know, we would become these well-rounded individuals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. And then when you went back to your parents, you, you went ahead, you went to college, um, experienced that. You still obviously <laughs> felt called to become a priest. Um, and so you went back to them and told them and... They were fully supportive, right? At that point, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I mean, there there are times I, they still say, uh, "Are you sure?" But now, you know, I'm a deacon, and so they don't say, "Are you sure?" They, they just say, "They just say, oh, we we still would have liked, uh, you know, grandchildren." I was like, well, "Not anymore." <laughs> but no, they they they're very supportive. Uh, my two brothers. My older brother and then my younger brother are are awesome. They're they're very supportive. And they are there for me whenever I need them. So there are times that I just needed to chat or vent or, you know, talk in private. And they would, they're they there, I know, to to listen. And, you know, mom and dad, they get worried. So I try not to give them too much. <laughs> but it is an aspect of uh, now they know that that it, it is God who's calling me, right? It is God who has has planted this seed in my heart and, and has said, come follow me, leave everything, follow me, right? And so me, like the the fishers, did leave everything, mom, dad, family, you know, miles and miles away and <laughs> came to Laredo, Texas. Yes. Um, yeah, because all my family it, is up north. They're um, still up I'm, north. Yeah, I'm the only one crazy enough to be <laughs> on the other <laughs> side of, t- uh, of the state. Yeah, that's a big change. Yeah. And so how did you end up in Laredo from New Jersey? 
How did that all happen? <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, as I had mentioned, I entered the Missionary Oblates of Mary Immaculate uh, first uh, in, in their formation program. And I studied my philosophy uh, years with them. And I was trying to live in the community, trying to see if God was calling me to a community. Mm-hmm. Growing up as a, uh, with the Salesians, I always saw them, you know, praying together and being together. And, to, and so uh, when it came to me just... Um, trying to decide in diocese, religious life, diocese, religious life. I went with the religious life and then I found that maybe not so much for me. And so um, I, I basically decided, okay, I still want to be a priest. I still want to be a missionary, but I want to be a missionary here in the States. And so then I found uh, great people that I was talking to and mentors and so Miss Lucy Cardenas was one of them. And so and she, she was the chancellor of the Diocese of Laredo at the time. Correct. The late and so, um, or or I think she was just leaving or or she had just left. Oh, I'm not, okay. I'm not too sure about that. And so, but I know she was the ex-chancellor, but at least she was able to, to guide me. And she would always say, uh, let's pray about it. <laughs> I always didn't like that answer about Miss Lucy because everything was, was, let's pray about it. Pray and wait. Yeah. And it was <laughs> I want to know now. I want to know now. And, and so it was great that, that, that she allowed me to, to also see that part of, of, of the discernment process, right? That there, uh, there has to be this, this period of waiting. There has to be this period of prayer and, and connection with where, what, where God wants you to go. So that's how I ended up here, um, with an invitation of her. And then, of course, Father Quiroz, uh, um, accepting uh, my, 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 or extending an invitation for me to come here and live at Casa Guadalupe, which is the house of discernment for young men to kind of see what the diocese is like, and then the diocese to also get to know us, those are, that are not from the diocese. And so it kind of worked out. Um, it, towards the middle end of the, of the semester, Father said, well, Bishop and I have been thinking, and yeah, we'd like to send you to the seminary. You look like a good prospect. And so, yeah, I was sent to the seminary in San Antonio, Texas. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. And so, so when you were staying at Casa Guadalupe, mm-hmm. um, I actually don't know, don't know this. Do, do you still, do you still work or you're full time devoted to, um, helping at a parish and, and discernment Correct. in different ways? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, when I, but those, um, uh, Young men who do not have a degree yet, uh, they they start their uh, their classes there. Okay. So they go to the community college at LC, and they'll have uh, some some of the basics: English, math, uh, history. That way, they can transfer to later on to a, a four year university, and then they can continue their education there because there it is four years of philosophy, four years of theology. And so, but for me, because I finished my de- my philosophical studies and my degree um, in Buffalo, New York, wh- when I came here, I didn't have to study, and I knew English already, so I didn't have to go to a uh, special school for for English. But I was able to help at a parish, help at the chancery, um, you know, help drive some of the some of the guys to their school because also I I, I had a license; they didn't, and so there was. Kind of a, an overall kind of different experience for me, um, which is which is fine. I and that's where I met uh, Monsignor Alex and Christopher Martinez, who welcomed me into the parish and to the uh, CCD program where I started uh, teaching. 
Wow. And I know you mentioned that, and, it, and we highlighted that in, in the article in La Feb, but you said you've just been blessed to have great mentors throughout your life uh, as a kid, you know, growing up, the Salesians, and then here in the Diocese of Laredo too, Monsignor Alex and and others who, um, through the discernment process and, and kind of every step of the way, you've just been blessed with that, right? Yes. No, uh, I... To reach a point where I, where I'm at, or a, a point where ornation is upon me, uh, you can't do it. You can't say you you've done this by yourself. And so I look at my life and my journey as I, I've been blessed with all these great mentors, you know, men, women, uh, who have given me so much of their spirituality, of their mm. advice, of their uh, commitment to me continuing. That you know, it, it's sometimes it's like humbling experience because uh hopefully one day maybe that would be me you know with a young person that wants to pursue uh it, whether it be a vocation in, mm -hmm. in 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 religious life or the priesthood but also in whatever career and so because i i am well-rounded <laughs> you can help guide people in different exactly and and i can guide people in different ways. I mean, I was editor-in-chief of a newspaper, so I know uh, a little bit about journalism. And I did retail for several years. I did tax prep for a few years, um, a salesperson for uh, Nextel Communications. So uh, I've done a little bit of everything. So, uh, so with I'm, tax season coming up, you're going to be helping people today? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. I don't think I'm, I'm brave enough uh, to, to do that anymore. Um, yeah, no. When you're young yeah. and you're, you're just, you know what? Yeah, yeah. 1040 okay. easy. Let's go for it. <laughs> now 1040 easy. I'm even afraid of that one. <laughs> you find somebody else to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, one thing that, that I find very interesting is uh, some of the just daily... I don't know if you want to call them struggles, but but just things that we're presented with. Um, it can be hard sometimes in in the, the craziness of life, just the the busyness of life, to find time to pray. I think most mm -hmm. people can relate to that, you know, in different walks of their life. But it's not something that I personally had ever thought. Like our our deacons, uh, transitional deacons, um, even you know, seminarians, priests. I kind of thought like they have that down, you know, that's not a struggle for them. <laughs> but I know you mentioned to me, you know, things can get busy for you too. Mm -hmm. And so, so you kind of have to remind yourself, right, to let's set aside that time, having that scheduled time. Can you say, can you just share, you know, a little bit about how you make sure, you know, that, that, your days are centered, you know, around prayer and, and start off the right way. <laughs> of course, of course, especially us that were already ordained, right? Uh, ordained ministers, uh, deacons and, and, and priests, we, we take a promise to pray for the faithful. And so it has to be faithfully done. And, and so for me, I, I do have to schedule it, unfortunately, but it is not rigid enough that if, if, there's an appointment if there's somebody that comes Something in or somebody urgent. yeah you know there are other ways that you can push them through um there have been times that i'm doing my my midday prayer together with my <laughs> evening <laughs> prayer because i just couldn't do it you know there there was an aspect of of well this came up or that came up and so 
it's okay. You know, God, I don't think God is going to get angry with me if I take care of this person or this thing right now that needs to take be taken care of and then me catch up with my prayers later on. But it is a scheduling thing. It is a, a uh, you have to almost discipline yourself that as soon as you wake up, uh, more, you know, you have to do your morning prayer. You have to do your Lectio Divina. You have to read the gospel of the day. I, I that's one of the struggles for me as a, as a, as a transitional deacon or even as a deacon, uh, because I participate on the liturgy every day. Uh, and I read the gospel every day. I have to make sure, especially in Spanish, it's <laughs> a, a, uh, one, um, a, a priest that is with me, he was like, Deacon, you're, you know, it's so in- interesting. Your Spanish, when you speak it, is great. But when you're you're reading it, oh, it's so good. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that's one of the things that I found very interesting that he, he, he paid attention to. So I know that my reading is not so good either. So, or either. I don't remember how to use that one. Anyways, so. Either either. It works either way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I have to. Uh, practice the the gospel at least a few times. Um, there are some words that I still can't either pronounce or don't know quite a bit. And so as I'm reading it, it I, I get you know tongue tied <laughs> and, and uh, 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 oh okay, this is what it is. And so it's kind of it's kind of funny, but but um, but no, I I think it's all about discipline and and getting yourself okay. In the morning, I'm gonna. Do my morning prayer. I'm gonna read the gospel if I have time for Lectio Divina and, and to see where where God is in all of this um, in in my day today. Um, that's good because I also do um, even in night prayer and in night prayer I do my, um, what is called examine, where you think about your day and you go step by step and you say, okay, well, where God was in all of this, and so it takes time. Um, I'm not very faithful. <laughs> it, 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 it is, it is, it is a struggle, right? It, it is a, like I said, discipline. So you have to say, well, I have to do it at this time. I have to do it at that time. Or at least, it, you know, once I'm back in my room, I say, okay, before I get comfortable, I have to do this. So I, I make sure, like last night after teaching uh, a confirmation class from eight to nine, I got home at, you know, from being in the office. Uh, from two on, from three on, um, I didn't have dinner. So I just ate something really quick, went to my room. And the first thing was, okay, um, night prayer and where God was in my day. Because I know that once I get comfortable, I turn on my TV, I watch something and wind down. And so then I'm tired and I I know I won't do it. So it, it is very much about discipline and trying to keep it focused that, that you're not doing it for you, you're doing it for the people of God too. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I've that I've pride myself in always uh, keeping focus is you can't give people what what you don't you yourself don't have. Right. So if you don't have a prayer life, if you don't have uh, a good relationship with Jesus, then how are you going to help others correct. grow in their relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be spiritually fed. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's great. That's it's great to hear because it it just. Um, you know, what you said, discipline. I mean, that's something that, that everyone just has to have, you know, and, and I know that the, the life, um, <laughs> at a parish, you know, I know you're alive, you have a lot of duties, a lot of responsibilities. Um, and so, so it, it would make sense that, you know, you, you schedule that in and, and you cut out time for that and to make that a priority, make sure that you are spiritually nourished. Correct. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Deacon, is there anything else you would like to to share with our guests as we wrap this up today? Uh, not out of, uh, out of free will. <laughs> do you have anything? <laughs> well, I wanted to wrap up with a little, uh, kind of a little game. Okay. Um, just to learn just a little, some fun facts about you. Sure. All okay. Right. So I will throw out two different words, two different things, uh, for lack of a better word. And you tell me which you prefer. Okay. What, what's your favorite? Okay. So Whataburger or Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. Mm. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Winter or summer? Winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're used to that up north. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> St. Teresa of Calcutta or St. Teresa of Lisieux? Calcutta. K-H-O-Y or Big Buck Country? Uh, K-H-O-Y, of course. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> that one was kind of it. See uh, if you were uh, let me see. <laughs> trying to trip you up there. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you joined us today. And we hope to bring uh, more of Who's in the Pew to you so you can learn about people throughout the Diocese of Laredo and learn about the ministries in the Diocese of Laredo, our parishes and what they're doing. And so you can get involved too. But thank you so much, Deacon Jerry. Thank you, Melissa, for having me here. It's been a great experience. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It has. <laughs> Thank you.